section one of san francisco before and after the earthquake this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by david wales san francisco before and after the earthquake by will irwin section one the city that was a requiem of old san francisco part one this is a recast of a newspaper article of the same title published in the sun april twenty one nineteen o six three days after the visitation came upon san francisco it is here published by special permission of the sun for the title i am indebted to franklin matthews will irwin i'd rather be a busted lamp-post on battery street san francisco than the waldorf astoria willie Britt. the old san francisco is dead the gayest lightest-hearted most pleasure-loving city of the western continent and in many ways the most interesting and romantic is a horde of refugees living among ruins it may rebuild it probably will but those who have known that peculiar city by the golden gate have caught its flavor of the arabian nights feel that it can never be the same it is as though a pretty frivolous woman had passed through a great tragedy she survives but she is sobered and different if it rises out of the ashes it must be a modern city much like other cities and without its old atmosphere san francisco lay on a series of hills and the lowlands between these hills are really the end of the coast range of mountains which stretch southward between the interior valleys and the pacific ocean behind it is the ocean but the greater part of the town fronts on two sides on san francisco bay a body of water always tinged with gold from the great washings of the mountain usually overhung with a haze of magnificent color changes across the bay to the north lies mount tamopias about three thousand feet high and so close that ferries from the waterfront take one in less than half an hour to the little towns of sausalito and belvedere at its foot tamopias is a wooded mountain with ample slopes and from it on the north stretch away ridges of forest land the outposts of the great northern woods of sequoias and perverans this mountain and the mountainous country to the south bring the real forest closer to san francisco than to any other american city within the last few years men have killed deer on the slopes of tamopias and looked down to see the cable cars crawling up the hills of san francisco to the south in the suburbs coyotes still stole in and robbed hen roosts by night the people lived much out of doors there is no time of the year except a short part of the rainy season when the weather keeps one from the fields the slopes of tamopias are crowded with little villas dotted through the woods and these minor estates run far up into the redwood country the deep coves of belvedere sheltered by the wind from tamopias held a colony of arks or houseboats where people lived in the rather disagreeable summer months coming over to business every day by ferry everything there invites out of doors the climate of california is peculiar it is hard to give an impression of it in the region about san francisco all the forces of nature work on their own laws there is no thunder and lightning there is no snow except a flurry once in five or six years 
there are perhaps half a dozen nights in the winter when the thermometer drops low enough so that in the morning there is a little film of ice on exposed water neither is there any hot weather yet most easterners remaining in san francisco for a few days remember that they were always chilly for the gate is a big funnel drawing in the winds and the mists which cool off the great hot interior valleys of the san joaquin and sacramento so the west wind blows steadily ten months of the year and almost all the mornings are foggy this keeps the temperature steady at about fifty five degrees a little cool for the comfort of an unacclimated person especially indoors californians used to it hardly ever think of making fires in their houses except in a few days of the winter season and then they rely mainly upon fireplaces this is like the custom of the venetians and the florentines give an easterner six months of it however and he too learns to exist without chill in a steady temperature of little lower than that to which he was accustomed at home after that one goes about with perfect indifference to the temperature summer and winter san francisco women wear light tailor-made clothes and men wear the same fall weight suits all the year around there is no such thing as a change of clothing for the seasons and after becoming acclimated these people find it hard to bear the changes from hot to cold in the normal regions of the earth perhaps once in two or three years there comes a day when there is no fog no wind and a high temperature in the coast district then follows hot weather perhaps up in the eighties and californians grumble swelter and rustle for summer clothes these rare hot days are the only times when one sees women in light dresses on the streets of san francisco along in early may the rains cease at that time everything is green and bright and the great golden poppies as large as the saucer of an after-dinner coffee cup are blossoming everywhere tamalpais is green to its top everything is washed and bright by late may a yellow tinge is creeping over the hills this is followed by a golden june and a brown july and august the hills are burned and dry the fog comes in heavily too and normally this is the most disagreeable season of the year september brings a day or two of gentle rain and then a change as sweet and mysterious as the breaking of spring in the east passes over the hills the green grows through the brown and the flowers begin to come out as a matter of fact the unpleasantness of summer is modified by the certainty that one can go anywhere without fear of rain and in all the coast mountains especially the seaward slopes the dews and the shelter of the giant underbrush hold the water so that these areas are green and pleasant all summer in a normal year the rains begin to fall heavily in november there will be three or four days of steady downpour and then a clear and green week december is also likely to be rainy and in this month people enjoy the sensation of gathering for christmas the mistletoe which grows profusely on the live oaks while the poppies are beginning to blossom at their feet by the end of january the gentle rains come lighter in the long spaces between these winter storms there is a temperature and a feeling in the air much like that of indian summer in the east january is the month when the roses are at their brightest so much for the strange climate which invites out of doors and which has played its part in making the character of the people 
the externals of the city are or were for they are no more just as curious one usually entered san francisco by way of the bay across its yellow flood covered with the fleets from the strange seas of the pacific san francisco presented itself in a hill panorama probably no other city of the world excepting perhaps naples could be so viewed at first sight it rose above the passenger as he reached dockage in a succession of hill terraces at one side was telegraph hill the end of the peninsula a height so abrupt that it had a one hundred and fifty foot sheer cliff on its seaward frontage further along lay knob hill crowned with the mark hopkins mansion which had the effect of a citadel and in later years by the great white fairmont further along was russian hill the highest point below was the business district whose low site caused all the trouble except for the modern buildings the fruit of the last ten years the town presented at first sight a disreputable appearance most of the buildings were low and of wood in the middle period of the seventies when a great part of san francisco was building the newly rich perpetrated some atrocious architecture in that time too every one put bow-windows on his house to catch all of the morning sunlight that was coming through the fog and those little houses with bow-windows and fancy-work all down their fronts were characteristic of the middle-class residence districts then the italians who tumbled over telegraph hill had built as they listed and with little regard for streets and their houses hung crazily on a side hill which was little less than a precipice the chinese although they occupied an abandoned business district had remade their dwellings chinese fashion and the mexicans and spaniards had added to their houses those little balconies without which life is not life to a spaniard yet the most characteristic thing after all was the colouring the sea fog had a trick of painting every exposed object a sea grey which had a tinge of dull green in it this under the leaden sky of a san francisco morning had a depressing effect on first sight and afterward became a delight to the eye for the colour was soft gentle and infinitely attractive in mass the hills are steep beyond conception where vallejo street ran up russian hill it progressed for four blocks by regular steps like a flight of stairs it is unnecessary to say that no teams ever came up this street or any other like it and grass grew long among the paving stones until the italians who lived thereabouts took advantage of this herbage to pasture a cow or two at the end of four blocks the pavers had given it up and the last stage to the summit was a winding path on the very top a colony of artists lived in little villas of houses whose windows got the whole panorama of the bay luckily for these people a cable car scaled the hill on the other side so that it was not much of a climb to home with these hills with the strangeness of the architecture and with the green-gray tinge over everything the city fell always into vistas and pictures a setting for the romance which hung over everything which has always hung over life in san francisco since the padres came and gathered the indians about mission dolores and it was a city of romance and a gateway to adventure 
it opened out on the mysterious pacific the untamed ocean and through the golden gate entered china japan the south sea islands lower california the west coast of central america australia there was a sprinkling too of alaska and siberia from his windows on russian hill one saw always something strange and suggestive creeping through the mists of the bay it would be a south sea island brig bringing in copra to take out cottons and idols a chinese junk after sharks livers an old whaler which seemed to drip oil home from a year of cruising in the arctic even the tramp windjammers were deep-chested craft capable of rounding the horn or of circumnavigating the globe and they came in streaked and picturesque from their long voyaging in the orange-coloured dawn which always comes through the mists of that bay the fishing fleet would crawl in under triangular lateen sails for the fishermen of san francisco bay are all neapolitans who have brought their customs and sail with lateen rigs stained an orange-brown and shaped when the wind fills them like the ear of a horse along the waterfront the people of these craft met the smelting pot of the races stevenson called it and this was always the city of his soul there were black gilbert islanders almost indistinguishable from negroes lighter kanakas from hawaii or samoa lascars in turbans thick-set russian sailors wild chinese with unbraided hair italian fishermen in tam o'shanters loud shirts and blue sashes greeks alaska indians little bay spanish americans together with men of all the european races these came in and out from among the queer craft to lose themselves in the disreputable tumble-down but always mysterious shanties and small saloons in the back rooms of these saloons south sea island traders and captains fresh from the lands of romance whaling masters people who were trying to get up treasure expeditions filibusters alaskan miners used to meet and trade adventures there was another element less picturesque and equally characteristic along the waterfront san francisco was the back eddy of european civilization one end of the world the drifters came there and stopped lingered a while to live by their wits in a country where living after a fashion has always been marvelously cheap these people haunted the waterfront and the barbary coast by night and lay by day on the grass in portsmouth square the square the old plaza about which the city was built spanish fashion had seen many things there in the first burst of the early days the vigilance committee used to hold its hangings there in the time of the sandlot troubles dennis kearney who nearly pulled the town down about his ears used to make his orations which set the unruly to rioting in later years chinatown lay on one side of it and the latin quarter and the barbary coast on the other on this square the drifters lay all day long and told strange yarns stevenson lounged there with them in his time and learned the things which he wove into the wrecker and his south sea stories and now in the centre of the square there stands the beautiful stevenson monument in later years the authorities put up a municipal building on one side of this square and prevented the loungers for decency's sake from lying on the grass since then some of the peculiar character of the old plaza has gone the barbary coast was a loud bit of hell 
no one knows who coined the name the place was simply three blocks of solid dance halls there for the delight of the sailors of the world on a fine busy night every door blared loud dance music from orchestras steam pianos and gramophones and the cumulative effect of the sound which reached the street was chaos and pandemonium almost anything might be happening behind the swinging doors for a fine and picturesque bundle of names characteristic of the place a police story of three or four years ago is typical hell broke out in the eye wink dance hall the trouble was started by a sailor known as kanaka pete who lived in the what cheer house over a woman known as iodoform kate kanaka pete chased the man he had marked to the little silver dollar where he halted and punctured him the by-product of his gun made some holes in the front of the eye-wink which were proudly kept as souvenirs and were probably there until it went out in the fire this was low life the lowest of the low until the last decade almost anything except the commonplace and the expected might happen to a man on the waterfront the cheerful industry of shanghaiing was reduced to a science a citizen taking a drink in one of the saloons which hung out over the water might be dropped through the floor into a boat or he might drink with a stranger and wake up in the forecastle of a whaler bound for the arctic such an incident is the basis of frank norris's novel moran of the lady Letty, and although the novel draws it pretty strong it is not exaggerated ten years ago the police the sailors union and the foreign consuls working together stopped all this kearney street a wilder and stranger bowery was the main thoroughfare of these people an exiled californian mourning over the city of his heart has said in a half hour of kearney street i could raise a dozen men for any wild adventure from pulling down a statue to searching for the cocos island treasure this is hardly an exaggeration it was the rialto of the desperate street of the adventurers these are a few of the elements which made the city strange and gave it the glamour of romance which has so strongly attracted such men as stevenson frank norris and kipling this life of the floating population lay apart from the regular life of the city which was distinctive in itself end of section one